Edinburgh Napier Talks, a podcast series brought to you by Edinburgh Napier University. Welcome. I'm your host, Ross Burns, and this is the first episode of Edinburgh Napier University's podcast series, Edinburgh Napier Talks. This will be an engaging series where I sit down with some fantastic guests and chat to them about the fun and the frivolous, the significant and the serious. So to kick us off, on the phone today we have former university professor, now prolific author, Alexander McCall-Smith. He's best known for his number one ladies detective agency series, which has sold millions across the world. But he's also the author of many books set in Edinburgh, including his serial novel, 44 Scotland Street. He's a great friend of Edinburgh Napier University, honorary graduate of here, and previously worked with the music school on some collaborations. He wrote a poem about John Napier for the 400th anniversary of his death, and in fact he lives just round the corner. You could throw a ball from this studio into his garden. Ironically, today he's down in Oxford, as he's a man who travels a lot. Now, the Scottish Review of Books says his voice is calm, soothing, and can be marketed as an antidepressant. So I'm looking forward to an uplifting chat this morning. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning to you, Ross. Good morning. And you're on your travels today, I believe? Yes, I'm uh, heading into London. Uh, I've got various meetings in London. I'm seeing my publishers in, in London, and then I'm doing some um, some interviews and uh, programmes to the, to the BBC, and then I come back to, come back to Edinburgh um, briefly and then go up to uh, Argyll, uh, where I have a boat, and I'll be taking my boat to put her up for the winter. So that's a few days ahead. Quite exciting. Excellent. But, uh, so you travel a lot, but uh, you would describe Edinburgh as home? Oh, yes, yes. I've spent most of my life in Edinburgh. Um, so I, I had a rather uh, unusual childhood. I lived in the, in the middle of Africa, in fact, uh, in what is now Zimbabwe, but the rest of my life in, in, in Scotland, with the exception of a, of a year I spent in Ireland, and I suppose I spent a, a year altogether in the United States. But uh, Edinburgh is, uh, is definitely home. And you, you first came here as a student, I believe. Mm. That's right, yes. I, I went to university in Edinburgh, and um, that um, was uh, obviously a wonderful experience for me. I think that uh, university uh, in Edinburgh is, is a, terrific, uh, a terrific experience for anybody, really. I've yet to meet um, anybody uh, who said that they didn't enjoy their student years in Edinburgh. It's that sort of place. There are other places where people have a similarly positive experience, but uh, Edinburgh, it's very striking. Um, if you meet uh, Edinburgh graduates, um, Napier graduates, uh, or any of the other uh, universities in Edinburgh, uh, meet them later on and say, well, how were your student years in, in uh, Edinburgh? They, uh, they, they, they look very satisfied indeed, and they always say they had a wonderful time. Now, you've travelled uh, the world a lot, but what is it that keeps you grounded in Edinburgh, do you think? Well, it, it, it's home. I mean, this is uh, uh, where, where we're from, so to speak. Um, and uh, I, I find that it's, it's uh, a marvellous city to live in. It's a very livable city. Uh, this is quite striking, I think. Uh, I go to visit um, some pretty large cities, and uh, I'm always struck uh, about how lucky we are in Edinburgh in being able to walk uh, just about anywhere. Uh, you can therefore uh, run a social life quite easily because you can walk around to people's houses to, to see them for tea or dinner or whatever. Um, uh, so that's a, that's a great, uh, uh, great benefit. Uh, the other thing which is very striking about Edinburgh is that there's never a dull moment. Uh, it's a city that 
there's an awful lot going on in now, of course, many cities like that. But in, in Edinburgh, it seems to me that it's, it's just right. There's such a variety of things. And yet it isn't intimidating. It's not too large. So it, it falls just, I think, in the, in the, right, uh, the right part of the graph, so to speak. And it continues to inspire your writing, of course. Well, it does, yes, because it's a very interesting city. Uh, there are all sorts of um, circles and layers of uh, society. And in, in Edinburgh, you can, you can meet people who are interested in all sorts of things. So it's, 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 quite, uh, it's quite varied in, in, in that respect. You're also very conscious of um, history in Edinburgh. Uh, it's an old city. Uh, the buildings have a wonderful story to tell you. You turn a corner and you're suddenly confronted with uh, a wonderful old building which, which has a lot of history in it. Uh, it's, it's, sometimes you feel it's like living on a wonderful opera set. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous buildings. And you feel at any moment somebody's going to open a window up above you and sing a, an operatic aria. It doesn't happen, but you, you feel that it could. Um, now, I read recently in your, your Peppermint Chronicles, you described Edinburgh as a city that whispers while other cities shout. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wonder if you could expand on that a little. Well, uh, Edinburgh isn't, uh, isn't a really uh, very in-your-face city. It's, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an intriguing city. It has its secrets. It has its layers of meaning. Uh, but it's, it's, quite a, it's quite a discreet uh, city. It's not, uh, it's, it's not loud. It's not, it's not really a very bustling place in the negative sense. I mean, there's a lot going on. And if you, you, know, if you want to have a, an active nightlife and go to bars and clubs and things like that, of course, plenty of that. But it's it's just a it's it's quite a I wouldn't say it's a quiet city, but it's it's a city that is that is discreet uh, that probably holds back a bit, and that's part of its charm is that you discover more about it as you as you spend more time in Edinburgh, you'll discover further um, meanings and further secrets. It's uh, it's really intriguing from that that point of view. Now, Edinburgh, of course, became the world's first UNESCO city of literature um, in mm. 2004. That has inspired kind of countless tales. Um, putting your own books aside for a second, you know, what books uh, set in Edinburgh have inspired you? Well, I, I think that uh, there's one book in particular which, which I, th- I think that uh, has uh, probably uh, captured a particular side of Edinburgh um, and at a particular time, rather well, and that's the... Uh, Muriel Sparks, the prime of uh, uh, Miss Jean Brodie. Now, uh, Muriel Spark was uh, an Edinburgh writer, and although she set her uh, books all over the place, uh, that, that is uh, her great Edinburgh novel, and you certainly uh, pick up something of uh, what Edinburgh would have been like in the uh, 1930s. Um, but, of course, there are certain characteristics of it which still persist. Uh, so that's uh, something that I, I would suggest anybody who wants to get something about uh, the 20th century, mid-20th century history of Edinburgh might, uh, might read. Um, also, Edinburgh is a city of, um, of, of poets. There have been many poets uh, who have captured Edinburgh in their work, and particularly in the 20th century. There was a, um, a renaissance in, in Scottish uh, literature generally, Scottish writing generally, but particularly in poetry. And there are a couple of uh, poets that really um, managed, I think, to uh, get under the skin of the city in, in, a, in a very powerful way. And then, of course, if you're interested in the historical novel, uh, then there's, there's great richness there. You, you can 
turned to Walter Scott, who was an immensely important historical novelist. Really, I suppose he created the genre of historical novels. Uh, and then you can also read Stevenson to give you some feel for the for the city in the nineteenth um, century. So um, there's a lot that uh, one can read about the uh, about the city. But I, I would say sometimes it's not in the most obvious places. So I, I would mention certain poets, for example, that uh, that capture it as well. It's also a city of of, of artists. There are there are painters who've uh, been inspired by Edinburgh by the museum. We've got some very good galleries where you can go. And, um, immerse yourself in Scottish art and and uh, get the feeling of the the place from that. And uh, I guess its literary uh, heritage continues today. Um, famously, uh, you live in an area where there were other authors living. Although I think uh, two of them have moved out in in terms of J.K. Rowling and Ian Ranking. Well, that's right. I mean, uh, the, the, there was a, a area round about uh, Napier University. Um, we were all neighbours, uh, and I still am a neighbour of, uh, of Napier University, but uh, there were uh, three uh, authors who were um, really uh, lived uh, immediately next to it. Um, Ian Rankin, the, the um, crime writer who, who writes these wonderful uh, novels about um, Inspector John Rebus, uh, they are very, very popular um, crime novels set in Edinburgh. He really captures a particular side of the city tremendously well. Uh, there's Ian, and then uh, Ian lived just two doors away from me. Um, uh, so the, the two of us would see one another occasionally. We'd, we'd often have, have coffee in a coffee bar that was uh, very much favoured with uh, by the Napier community right next door to Napier. And then, of course, just over the road, uh, the she she's moved was uh, Joe Rowling, who read the Harry Potter books. So, so uh, there are literary associations in the in the immediate uh, uh, environment of uh, Napier University. And and what are the new neighbours like? Are they okay now that Ian Rankin's moved out? <laughs> They're fine. Yes, no, we're very we're very lucky. I think uh, it's very nice living uh, next to a university because it uh, it gives the place a certain uh, a certain buzz. And uh, uh, as you mentioned, I have had. Uh, uh, close associations with uh, Napier University. I, uh, there's a, a very interesting centre for the book there, uh, which uh, uh, looks at uh, many aspects of publishing. Uh, printing and, and publishing were very important and still are important parts of the of the, of, of the local scene in, in Edinburgh. And so Napier's uh, uh, had an interest in in that, and of course has a, a, very, um, a very a very good, highly regarded. Uh, publishing program at the university. And then, of course, music. There's uh, uh, the, the wonderful things being done by the music department. I, I think that Napier is is really pretty much preeminent in the teaching of um, uh, of popular music courses in uh, in in the UK. It has a very high reputation for that. Uh, I uh, set up a, a little composition prize, which was great fun, which uh, was uh, available to to students in that. Um, in that particular department, and encouraged them to compose something, and managed to have the, those pieces performed um, uh, in, in various places. Uh, so that is all, all, all very positive. Uh, so, of course, you live in the Merkston district, but uh, your mm -hmm. long-running serial, uh, Forty-four Scotland Street, is of course set in mm -hmm. the New Town. Um, yes. Why, uh, why did you choose to do that? Well, I used to live. Uh, I used to live in the New Town before we we moved over to the south side of the city. We lived in the in the New Town, and the New Town, of course, is is a fascinating area. It's this wonderful 
um, sweep of uh, Georgian architecture, cla- uh, classical architecture, um, neoclassical architecture, really beautifully, beautifully preserved. We've been very, very fortunate in in keeping uh, the Amber New Town from being um, destroyed, as many areas of architectural interest were destroyed in the uh, in the post-war period, the 60s and 70s in particular. Um, so uh, we, we've, we've got that, and and um, I find the the New Town quite interesting because it's. It's a it's a, a central area. It's a city area which is still very much lived in. Uh, unfortunately, in in many places, uh, people have moved out of the centre of of town. This hasn't happened um, to any great extent in in Edinburgh. The new town, the Georgian new town, is still really lived in, which is which is wonderful. So I chose it uh, because of its, its its beauty as a setting. It's a, it's really exquisitely beautiful part of town uh, and because of its interest. And of course, the, in, in uh, Edinburgh, uh, in all parts of Edinburgh, um, the usual um, uh, method of, of, of living or style of living is in uh, tenemental flats. So you have a stairway with um, a number of flats, maybe six flats, maybe more in, in the case of slightly larger buildings, going off that central stone stairway. So that creates uh, an immediate community and uh, that's very interesting. People have lived like that um, ever, ever, really, ever since uh, Edinburgh got going. They lived, lived like that in the in the old town before the new town was uh, constructed. And of course, that lends itself to literary treatment because you've you've got your your stage set there very clearly of the flats going off the stairway. So I chose that uh, for my serial novel, which has been running for a long time now. Um, that appears in the Scotsman newspaper as I write it, chapter by chapter, and then comes out as a book, and it's been going for, for years. I think we're in volume 13 now. So you've got your stage then, Edinburgh's Newtown. How do you come up with your characters? Is there a lot of observation? Do you do you have a wee wander around the Newtown every so often? Oh, yes. Well, uh, I think as, as a, a novelist, uh, you have to keep your eyes open and, and you have to take a, a close interest in what um, uh, other people are about, uh, so I uh, I do that. I I'm, I find myself extremely interested in, in, interested in in what people are thinking and saying. Uh, I do a certain amount of of that. I I I, I, I people watch as most of us do. Uh, I'm careful not to base my literary characters on actual people I know because I think that would be um, a bit unfair and they wouldn't necessarily have the, the right of reply, so to speak. I do put real people into my books, but with their consent under their own name, and they quite like that, so they crop up as characters. So, yes, I do. Um, I, I hang about in in, in, uh, uh, in sort of coffee bars and, and whatnot, just uh, watching people, not uh, trying to... Um, uh, eavesdrop too obviously, but uh, obviously if uh, sna- uh, snippets of conversation come my way, I'm always very grateful to them and might write some of them down in my notebook. <laughs> I think one has to do that as a writer. Absolutely. Now, uh, many people will obviously know you for the number one lady detective series on Scotland Street, but you also write children's books as well. Maybe you could tell us a little yeah. bit about those. Well, I've written a, a lot of children's books. I've written, I suppose, probably over 40, maybe 40 or 50 children's books over the years. And uh, there was a period when I wrote a lot of those. Uh, and I still do a, a couple of two or three children's books a year. Uh, I enjoy doing that. Um, it's, uh, it's great fun. It's obviously very different from one's normal 
writing. Uh, you can take the brakes off um, uh, imagination-wise, and all sorts of things can happen in children's fiction. Uh, so I, I do various series. I've got a, a series called the Tobermory series, of which there are four books so far, uh, which are set on a, um, a ship school. Uh, this is one of these training ships where, which actually is a, a regular school. And so the, um, uh, the kids go along and they go off to sea as a sort of boarding school on, on the waves. And uh, they have great, uh, great fun. They visit various uh, places. Um, that is something that I, I very much enjoy. The ship is named after uh, Tobomori, which is um, a little um, town in, in Mull. It's, it's the most important town on Mull, the island of Mull. And uh, it's a wonderful name, Tobomori. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful harbour, a little harbour town. And uh, the Tomori is, is the name that I've given to the sailing ship. So I do that. I write a series of, uh, about children who live in a circus and the adventures they have. But it's a fairly typical who wouldn't want to live in a, in, in a circus. Um, so um, uh, the children's books carry on. And do you find it, find it easy to switch between, uh, you know, writing a children's book in the morning, say, Scotland Street in the afternoon? Uh, no, I, I usually just the children's books I write in a, at a particular time, so there you know, would be a period of um, depends on how long it's going to take, a few weeks or whatever. When I say write, I'll do that. Uh, I, the children's books tend not to overlap with the with my main my main books, but I will write more than one book at the same time. So I'll often be writing Scotland Street at the same time. Say, be writing one of my number one days detective agency novels, or or indeed a freestanding novel because I also do novels, individual novels, freestanding novels, as well as um, as well as series. A lot of my books are in series. I've got, heaven knows, six, six or seven series going, uh, and I, I rather enjoy that because you don't have to reintroduce the characters every time. You're spending time with uh, familiar characters, which is, uh, which is quite nice. Um, so I'm, I, I am a bit of a serial novelist, and I do enjoy that. Um, okay, I'm aware our, our time is short. Just back to Edinburgh, and uh, mm-hmm. are you a, a festival fan or not? It's something that can divide the city. <laughs> yes. Well, the Edinburgh Festival and the Fringe, which is associated with it, and of course the uh, other various festivals which take place at the same time, uh, one which is of particular interest to me is the Edinburgh International Book Festival. Uh, they transform um, Edinburgh in, in August. And Edinburgh becomes, during that month, the absolute centre of the arts uh, in the whole world. Uh, it's a wonderful, a wonderful time because uh, there is uh, an extraordinary menu of artistic uh, 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 treats uh, available at that time. The Fringe, for example, has something like 3,800 different shows. Uh, the choice is just absolutely astonishing. And then, of course, the official festival has the, the very greatest um, artists, singers, um, instrumentalists, dramatists, etc., all appearing in Edinburgh. So there's a terrific buzz. Now, of course, that does mean that the city becomes quite busy. In fact, it becomes very busy because everybody wants to be there. So the world comes to Edinburgh in August. And some local residents feel a little bit uh, overwhelmed with that. And they they find that there are too many crowds and, and what uh, and whatnot. But most people uh, actually uh, appreciate that this isn't for the whole year. This is the the, the time that um, 
that uh, Edinburgh is given over to to, the, to visitors, uh, artistic visitors, and most people take that in in good uh, spirit. I think probably um, Edinburgh's going to have to watch it a bit uh, because uh, obviously uh, you can swell a city's population um, appreciably, but there comes a limit uh, at some um, some stage. And of course, there is a bit of discussion at the moment about about how one is going to control the success of the of the festival and fringe. So it is, it's a bit of a local uh, issue, but generally speaking, uh, it, it hasn't uh, divided people too too badly. Uh, and so let's say, I'm sure it doesn't happen, you wake up in the morning and uh, you've got a bit of writer's block. Where do you wander to in Edinburgh for inspiration? Where are your favourite spots? Well, now, um, fortunately, I, I find that's a condition that I, I don't really... Um, suffer from too too much I, I if, if anything I, I seem to have rather more ideas and rather rather more plans that I can actually even put into um, effect uh, but uh, if I need to get out of the house and wander off and clear, clear my mind and have a think uh, I go uh, usually to somewhere which is very close to uh, the Napier University Merkston campus um, that's an area called Brunsfield which is a, a wonderful street of uh, small shops uh, refreshingly small shops because the, the high street in so many cities has become rather uniform. But uh, these are these are great uh, great little shops and coffee bars and um, news agents and uh, all all the things that you need in life. So I tend to go to a uh, little French bakery, come uh, coffee house, which is as I say just round the corner from Napier, uh, which is called La Barantine. And you go in there and you get a very good cup of coffee, and it's quite a social place. You see the same people there, um, and you can read the newspaper, you can talk to people. It's very nice. And that's one of the great delights of, uh, of Edinburgh, um, really, the coffee houses. Of course, this goes way back when uh, these things uh, used to be popular a long time ago. Uh, then, I suppose, they... Uh, they went into a bit of the into abeyance, but now they come back with with eventually wonderful, wonderful places to go and have coffee. So within the immediate um, vicinity of the of the Merkston campus of Napier University, I suspect that you would probably find something like well, let's think of a number fifty coffee bars, something of that sort, each with their individual um, character. Uh, each providing a um, forum, in a sense, for people to talk to their friends and uh, conduct the sort of civilised life that is... Yeah, like, like the Scottish Enlightenment all, Enlightenment all over again? It's the, well, yes, of course, it was, as you say. There was a period uh, when Edinburgh was the, at the heart of intellectual life in, in, uh, in Europe and indeed in the world, period of the Scottish Enlightenment. And uh, yes, there's still that spirit around. There's still that spirit of, of exchange of ideas and participation in intellectual uh, experiment. Uh, and that still um, stalks the, the, the narrow streets, the cobbled streets of Edinburgh. It's still there. And long may that continue. And I like to think it's alive here at Edinburgh Napier University as well. So on that uh, very positive note, I'd like to thank you for your time this morning. Thank you very much indeed, Ross. I've enjoyed our conversation very much indeed. And I wish you best for a busy day ahead. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Sandy. Bye-bye.
So that was legendary author Alexander McCall Smith. I hope you enjoyed listening just as much as I enjoyed talking to him. There was something magical about the way he talked about Edinburgh and I'm sure you felt it too. So tell us about your favourite books on social media at Edinburgh Napier along with the hashtag ENUtalks. And to end this episode, Edinburgh Napier University's publishing course celebrated its 50th anniversary this year. So we pulled aside some publishing folk and asked them what books mean to them. I'll see you in the next episode where we talk dogs with some special guests, including the wonderful Ollie the Collie. See you then. My name is Cathy Crawford Hay. I've been involved in the publishing industry for more than 40 years, which I absolutely love every aspect of it, books, magazines and newspapers. But the special thing about books is the touch, the feel, the kind of feeling it belongs to you. And it's not shiny cold metal. Right, so I'm Angus Stewart. I'm on this year's Edinburgh Napier Publishing course. And I probably like books because I've been reading them since I was able to read them before that they were being read to me and I've always found there's not one great thing they do for me but they make my life better that's why I like books. Um, I'm a performance poet and published and uh, the reason I like books is because it opens you up to whole new worlds that you wouldn't discover otherwise. Hi, I'm Augusta Kirkwood. I did an undergrad in illustration and recently graduated from the publishing course at Napier. I've recently got a new picture book published, which means books are my livelihood. Hi, I'm Grace Balfour Harl. I graduated from Napier in 2018. Um, I now work at the Beano as an editorial assistant. I've always loved books just because they take me to a different place. Um, They allow me to escape and yeah, that's pretty much why I love books. Hi, uh, my name's Andrew Lindsay. I graduated from Napier Publishing in 2018. Uh, Currently, I'm in freelance publishing, doing sales and marketing consultancy, as well as production and copy editing. Um, To me, books are complicated because they can be absolutely anything you need them to be. They can be the story you want to tell, the story that needs to be told. And a good publisher should get the stories that need to be told out there, and that's the kind of thing I want to do with my life. Hi, (laughs) my name is Michelle, and I graduated in 2010 in publishing media, and books are great, they're informative, and you can learn so much from them, and yeah.